Hello, I'm Jeremy Allaire, and welcome to The Money Movement, a show where we explore the issues and ideas driving this brave new world of digital currency and blockchains. A lot of our discussions on The Money Movement show have been about stablecoins themselves, the role of stablecoins, how they function, how they fit in, in a broader uh, global macro context, um, their, their use in, in other applications. Um, but a lot of that has really been a focus on the, the idea of, of digital dollar stablecoins as a payment system innovation. And, and surely it is, it represents a very significant breakthrough in how value can move around the internet, um, how you know, traditional currencies can act as digital currencies and the speed, the utility, uh, the, the security, all of these things are, are increasingly you know, really well known and understood. And, and we're gonna continue to focus on different dimensions of, that, dimensions of that on the show. But I think when we look at stable coins, um, we also look at this bigger idea, this bigger idea that digital currency and these sort of fiat denominated digital currencies are a, a base layer uh, a, a kind of base layer that lots of other forms of innovation can be built on top of. And I, I like to describe this as, you know, money becoming a native data type on the internet, just like we have text and photos and videos. Uh, we're going to have digital money. And this native, by being a native data type on the internet, um, that's very exciting. And what makes that so compelling and what makes that so exciting is the programmability. Uh, one of the things that makes the internet so powerful is software you know, creators can write code that interacts with all this content and data on a global basis. And that's allowed incredible breakthroughs that we all you know, take for granted today. The programmability of digital dollars through the use of smart contracts on these blockchains is a, a kind of discontinuous level of innovation. And that's something that we haven't spent as much time on the money movement talking about um, and something that we're going to dig into in a little bit more detail today. And so th this leads us into this idea of programmable financial contracts. If there's a, a, an economic arrangement um, between an investor and a company, between businesses themselves, all of these are financial contracts. And in the world of finance, financial contracts are called securities, AKA digital securities. So today's topic, uh, we're gonna be exploring this and we're gonna be doing that with two guests who are really innovating in this space of digital securities. They're gonna be here uh, talking about what's happening in the here and the now of tokenized financial contracts. So to uh, kick this off, uh, we're joined here by uh, Securitize CEO and co-founder, Carlos Domingo, whose firm is at the forefront of enabling companies to issue digital securities. Welcome, Carlos. Hi, Jeremy. Thanks for the invitation. Excellent. Um, so uh, so happy to have you here and, and on the show today. It's really great to see you, of course. Um, I wanna you know, kind of start at a really high level um, and just sort of assume that the audience knows, knows very little. I, I've sort of described this idea of financial contracts or securities, and to some people, this is just mumbo jumbo. So maybe just first for the audience, you know, what is a security? Um, how do you define a security? 
Yeah, as you said, a security is a, is a financial contract, right? So, so it's something you can trade, uh, you can buy or sell, um, that basically gives you certain rights, uh, financial rights over an asset. And it could be equity in a company, it could be, you know, debt, uh, some yield generation, uh, generating asset, uh, et cetera. So basically something you buy to profit from the benefit, you know, from the work of others. So, so when you buy shares of Apple, you don't work for Apple. Apple has their own employees and CEO, et cetera. But if Apple does well, you, because you own a portion of Apple, then your investment appreciates uh, over time. So the stocks and bonds are maybe the most- Stocks and bonds, debt, uh, you know, all type of derivatives, uh, you know, royalty payment uh, instruments, et cetera. These are all securities because these are basically financial instruments you buy. Yeah. And you you wait to profit from someone else, uh, you know, doing something. Right. I guess like a mortgage is a kind of security, right? It's a it's a it's a form of debt, and you enter into a contract. Uh, it's That's actually a good point. So in, in the U.S., loans are not considered uh, securities. Uh, it's a bit of a gray area, but some people think they're not uh, securities. But if you package right. up a bunch of loans, as yeah. then it's correct. Right. So if if I borrow money from a bank, I'm taking a loan. I'm not, it's not a security. But if I you know, if the bank takes all these loans and then puts them on a, you know, under an instrument and then it sells shares to that instrument against the, the yield of the of the uh, mortgages, then that definitely is a security. Right. So, you know, I, I uh, you and I are both entrepreneurs and have started businesses. And, you know, uh, when, when I think about, you know, uh, stock uh, in my company, what I think about is lawyers. And uh, I think about uh, giant long uh, uh, documents that are called a corporate constitution and investor rights agreements and uh, and, and share share stock purchase agreements and you know uh, lots and lots of phone calls and billable hours. And so today, uh, when I think about a, a, a security and what that is, it, it feels to me it's a, it's a lot like a, a, a giant pile of of paper contracts uh, and and a court system. Uh, that, that enforces those. So um, what, you know, what is it that takes the securities and, and, and makes them digital? Um, how do we go from my, you know, intuitive feel of what a stock is as an entrepreneur to a digital security? So securities, uh, as you said, they, they've started being paper and paper certificates. That's how securities were issued since the first security at the beginning of the 17th century. Um, and then and they've, they've been, you know, paper-based for the most part of, of the existence. So until pretty much the 60s, uh, all securities were still paper-based, even publicly traded securities that were traded on New York Stock Exchange. So people used to actually, you know, to, to settle a trade, you actually have to physically move a paper from one broker into another broker. And that's how it, it was used to do. Um, and, you know, this obviously was not a very efficient uh, way of, uh, of trading. And... You know, stock exchanges in the U.S. used to close on Wednesdays uh, because they had to stop for a day in the middle of the week to be able to actually settle the trades because there were people, hundreds of people working for Merrill Lynch or mm -hmm. JP Morgan or whatever, running around Wall Street with bicycles and moving the, the stock certificates. So that's how they were done back then. And obviously that system collapsed uh, the, uh, towards the, the late 60s. There was um, what is referred to the paper crisis in Wall Street, where at some point in time the, the volume uh, of daily securities trade, they went from like 5 million to 15 million. And then obviously they couldn't settle things anymore because there was not enough people to move the paper around. So at that point in time, uh, securities started to become uh, electronic. Um, and then the US is well known that uh, there, there was a creation of a central entity called uh, DTC, uh, which is a central depository like they existed in, in Europe before, uh, where all these paper certificates were held 
And then they had a computer, because they were computers already in the 70s, where they actually keep like a ledger of who actually uh, was the actual beneficial owner of those physical securities that were held in a vault uh, by DTC. So that was kind of like the first step towards digital securities view on because you start yeah. being able to have and like uh, swift was the first kind of electronic money which is essentially like a correct swift a is a good example of exactly yeah. the same thing so swift is a, is a ledger that allows you to trade money electronically without having to physically put right. the, the money so it kind of is the same thing early so, early digital forms of uh, money uh, and, i would and, say yeah more than digital it was probably electronic yeah, exactly. <laughs> as opposed to digital if you you think of electronic at a much more uh, yeah. very static way of doing things and digital as something native digital mm -hmm. that exists only in zeros and ones. Uh, because at, the, at that time, the, the paper certificates still uh, existed. They just have what's called a book entry security, which was basically a, uh, an electronic representation of, of the security. Right. And that, you know, for the most part, all publicly traded securities in US, yeah. Europe, major markets are digital today. They're already digital securities today. You know, for, for you and I, the, the stock in our company is paper-based, uh, but the, the stock of Apple, when you go to Robinhood and trade, is, is a pretty digital experience, right? You go there and you trade and yeah. you just don't know what happens behind the scenes. A lot of this is sort of the record of who owns the security, but obviously part of what makes securities interesting is they have features. So, uh, you know, the feature of an equity is uh, it includes uh, the right to vote, uh, certainly on, on certain defined matters. Uh, it, it entitles you potentially to uh, to to dividends, uh, to, to sort of liquidation rights, or wh whatever those features are. The security has features, and those features are expressed in in English language, typically, or whatever language. But but they're sort of they're, those are um, those are important parts of the security as well. And and you know um, maybe talk a little bit of uh, about how um, you know we're moving into tokenized securities. Which parts of the security? Are, are becoming truly digital uh, today. So let's let's go back for a second. So so public securities, for the most part, they're digitized. They don't, you know, the, the features of the securities are not properly digitized. Like if you want to pay a dividend today for a publicly traded company, it's still a process that takes, you know, 15 days because yeah. there is no single ledger that contains the, the beneficial owners of the security. But the world of private securities, which is actually much bigger than the world of, of public securities, that is not actually you know, very poorly digitized or not digitized at all. Um, and then those securities actually have more features, as you said, because besides the, the rights, uh, which is part of the features of the security, they also have a, a very complex regulatory situation because they are not freely tradable. Uh, so they have rights for refusal, they have uh, local periods, uh, you know, they have uh, all the type of uh, restrictions. Um, so tokenized securities is basically a way to digitize securities, you know, because it's a digital representation that happens on a distributed ledger, like a public blockchain, uh, and they're represented as a token with the additional benefit that then this token is governed by a set of smart contracts and those smart contracts uh, are kind of like enforce the programmability of the, the features, as you said, of the, of the security. And I think that's what's revolutionary of this way of digitizing securities. Yeah, so, so Securitize, you've created a platform where a company can take an existing asset like stock and 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 create a, a digital representation of it but also create a, a new uh, a new security that is is natively digital as well and and issue that uh to investors and then provide all of the infrastructure to actually manage that and the life cycle of that on a blockchain that's correct so basically i mean companies digitizing securities is not something new i mean if you think about probably the biggest one in the world is carta 
and has been this decent securities for the startups. I think that the main difference of what we do is that we use blockchain technology as a way to digitize the security where we will include all the programmability of the security, all the features, all the rights, uh, et cetera, and enforce the, the compliance uh, rules of the security with the smart contracts on the blockchain. Uh, and that's exactly what we do. Obviously, there is a component of our platform that is off-chain in terms of investor onboarding and you know dealing with uh, setting up the features, et cetera, but then the actual security and the, and the, the beneficial ownership are tracked on the, on the blockchain as tokens. So sort of moving uh, the, the actual record, the ability to possess and pass ownership, some of the kind of fundamental rights, all those things are sort of moving into smart contracts um, and executable uh, on blockchains. Correct. They're executable. They're traceable. I mean, you have the, you know, you know securities have roles like, for instance, in your, in your company, my company, there is a number of security that has been approved by the board and you cannot actually issue more than those, right? So... People actually don't know, and there's been instances where people have issued more securities than the ones that are authorized. On the blockchain, you can actually prevent those things to happen because you can control, uh, you know, how many tokens are being issued and enforce those compliance with uh, smart contracts. And you can actually trace the, the history to make sure there's nothing illegal that has happened, right? So it's a better way to digitize securities. It's a, a much more interesting one. And I'm sure the next question is going to be about, uh, you know, stable coins, which makes it even much more interesting uh, about the type of things you can do with both instruments on the same ledger. Yeah, so I want to get to that because it's obviously a core theme of, 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 uh, of this episode. But just, um, you know, I, I think a lot of people are familiar with, you know, I, I, have, I have stock in a company or I have a bond of some sort or, or some yield instrument. Um, what about, you know, the sort of tokenization of other assets and creating new digital securities that unlock the ability to invest in, trade, access uh, the, the underlying physical asset. There's been a lot of talk about tokenization of property. Uh, and actually, we have a guest coming up in, in a few minutes here that's going to talk about uh, you know, tokenization of digital securities in, in, in the real estate market. But um, is, that, is, you know, is, is, is that something that is uh, fundamentally new? Are we going to be able to unlock access to um, uh, forms of assets by individuals around the world that haven't been able to participate in those or create new ways for people to securitize uh, uh, value that they might possess? I think securitization is not new. It's something that has existed uh, in, in the past. I think that the, when you make it digital, uh, you make it you know, more accessible, it, you know, it's easier for people to, uh, to purchase it, to trade it, uh, to receive dividends, so like the whole management and asset service component of, uh, of a security becomes uh, much easier. The, 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 what I like to think about it is, if you think about music, when music got digitized at the beginning, we went from having LPs to having CDs, right? And CDs was, a, you know, a digital version of an LP. But for the most part, the experience for a while was the same, right? You will still buy something physical. You will still go to like Virgin Megastore. You will still purchasing 12 songs from an artist, right. that with an album. And then the, the moment it, be, it became digital, then people started thinking about all things that you could do you couldn't do before. Like, well, let's just strip out all these, uh, you know, songs from all the CDs and put them all in a, in a mini hard disk, which was the iPod. Or let's just buy one single song instead of the entire album. And yeah. they're, less, they're not even on the music and just stream the music. So, so the way I think of this is the same, right? So yes, securitization existed. Yes, digital securities or, or electronic securities have existed. The moment you make them natively digital on a new, much more powerful platform, 
then there are going to be new use cases that no one can think of uh, that will appear uh, in the future. So it's yeah. kind of first on the, on the first wave of just let's digitize yeah. something, let's figure out something else. Yeah, I mean, we, we've heard really interesting ideas. We've heard, uh, you know, I, I've had a conversation with a firm that's taking an a, a incredibly popular cartoon character in Asia and creating a, a, a tokenized digital security of the future royalty streams of that cartoon character that they're going to allow people to, uh, you know, invest in and own and you know that that wouldn't have been possible um until until this kind of technology Correct. at least in a seamless way um so let's let's talk about um let's talk about uh, stable coins and digital securities so um i like to think of these as sort of hand in glove uh you know if, if you if you have a security you need to be able to put money into it and you need to be able to get money out of it and if you're doing it on a blockchain, uh, a stable value, you know, digital dollar or something like USDC is, is potentially really powerful. How do stable coins play a role in what you're doing today and, and, and what do you think that enables? So if you think about traditional finance, so as we said, there, there's securities that are already digital, right? And there's money that is already digital. Um, I think the, the very powerful idea about having, you know, tokenized securities on a blockchain and having, you know, cash on chain as well, represented by a stable coin as a token, is that for the first time in, in the history of uh, capital markets, you suddenly have two things that traditionally have been two separate entities being tried in separate ledgers that are suddenly on the, on the same place and kind of blurs the boundaries between the two and will allow us to do things that were not possible before. So um, if you think about, as you mentioned, the process of purchasing a security, it's kind of a disjointed process, right? You have the security, somewhere someone has a ledger saying that you want that security and you're going to sell it to someone else so someone has to update that ledger saying that you know the security moved from jeremy to carlos at the same time carlos has to pay jeremy so there's another ledger that contains the cash in a bank account that needs to be sent to another bank account and to make sure that these things actually cross and you know settle i receive my security you receive your cash is a very com complicated thing uh, that has a lot of intermediaries and it sometimes takes days to do it and uh, you know, the settlement of uh, public securities still takes two days for private securities could take weeks, etc. So the very powerful idea about stable coins and security tokens is the fact that they are both represented with the same type of technology, let's say, you know, assets in Algorand or ERC20 and Ethereum, etc. And within the same ledger, and then you can, on top of